the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to Iron Real Estate. I'm Dottie Herman. I'm here with Stephen Ebert, our legal expert at Ace by Toothpop, our financial uh, wizard. And um, I know we have a couple of questions, so we're going to tell you a little about what we see in 2021 and the remainder of 2020. But first, I want to take a few questions for those who've been waiting. I have Rob. Rob on the line. How you doing, Rob? Okay. Doing Where well. You- doing well. Good, good. I'm actually in, in Clifton, New Jersey, about 13 miles west of Manhattan. Okay. Uh, in a des- desirable town. And one question I have, I want to sell my house. Is it worth redoing the kitchen? It's about 35 years old. Want my opinion? Yes. Yes. Okay. Kitchens are big sellers. And, um, you know, I really think that when people come in, a nice kitchen makes a big – kitchens and bathrooms makes a big difference. I would – do the kitchen. I would, you know, get all the windows cleaned. I'd get anything that you've accumulated. Like, you know, I'd take a lot of stuff. You know, people tend to, over the years, keep a lot of stuff, take a lot of stuff out of the house, you know, and um, if it's, you know, put it in storage or get rid of it. And a house always, and then I would always, even in this time, I would, if, um, you know, give it a clean coat of, you know, like a, a linen white or some neutral color paint. But I would definitely do your kitchen. I was thinking about white. It seems like white cabinets and everything, it's like the end thing now. But I, I just, I'm not sure. Well, it's not my forte. Well, when you do cabinets and when you do kitchens, and I just redid my whole kitchen, I, I would tend to tell you that you want to do something that's not trendy. Because okay. I've seen people who have had beautiful kitchens, but they picked like a trendy color. And even though their kitchen looks fairly new, that it's beautiful looking, in five years that color's out. So you don't have to do white, but I would do a neutral color, some color that's not going to go out of style. And, you know, you can accent it with, with different things. But as far as cabinets, you're, you don't, somebody doesn't want to have to redo the kitchen again. So you would go with something that's fairly neutral. That would be my advice. Excellent. It doesn't necessarily have to be Excellent. white, but neutral. But I would definitely do it. Excellent. Thank you so much, and I enjoy Good. your show. Can, I, can I add one point also? Well, I have a good sure. make sure two, – two quick things. Number one, just make sure you budget appropriately. Right. Remember, you want to upgrade the kitchen because you want to upgrade the sale price of your home. So you don't want to overdo it. That's, you know, it's not necessarily what you would pick for the next, you know, 50 years. 
but have the right balance. And I recommend asking one or two local real estate agents to see what's in the community so it's something that makes economic sense because if you're going to put in the time and the money, you want to make money off of that. And and the, and the last part, make sure you use a licensed and insured contractor oh, um, in case there's any issues. If they pull a permit, make sure all the permits close because I've seen so many times, even if the work is done physically, the paperwork's left in the middle, and then all of a sudden you're trying to have a closing, and I look at a title search, and we got open permits, and that kind of throws off a closing. So you just want to be careful and make sure point. all the paperwork's and, and, and to add to that, um, Bob, to add to that, Based on the property price, okay? In other words, if you're living in uh, a a $400,000 house, your kitchen should represent that category. You shouldn't put a kitchen in that somebody would put in a million-dollar house. But if you are living in a $2 million house, obviously the person that's going to buy a $2 million house will want certain certain features that they would expect in that price. So go according to your price range, I, I would okay. say. But I would definitely redo it. But as Steve said, that's a good point. Do it within the realm of what price range you're in. Uh, my whole plan was to have it ready for next uh, spring. And you think it's a bad time with everything going on in the country to, to sell it, you know, six, eight months from now? Or, no, I, I, I really again. don't. First of all, people have to live somewhere, Okay. And I think you're going to see people moving to the suburbs. I think the suburbs of get are going to really grow in popularity. If you go back a couple of years back, I, I want to say maybe seven years, it was the whole surge of people coming to the city, people moving back, baby boomers whose kids were grown up and, you know, they went away to college. Now they were in these big homes out in the suburbs and they were coming back to the city. But what I think you're going to find now is families who are, have children and, and, and things like that, they're going to opt. That's the big, and that's, by the way, the biggest buying demographic is the millennials. So they're in the, their 30s around that area. Um, I, you know, I think you're going to definitely see them move. The home has become, it's always been important, but it's even become more important. And kitchens, you tell me about kitchens, they're the number one thing people look at. So, but as I said, do it in accordance to the price of your house. I mean, so, you know, do, you know, don't, I think Steve made a good point, don't overdo it, but if your house is worth X amount of money and they want to see certain kind of, you know, appliances in and things of that nature, then kind of do it according to your area, and, but definitely do it. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And as, as Steve pointed out, make sure you use licensed people. Yes. But yes. definitely it's a good investment. information. Good investment. Thank you <laughs> okay, so much. Thanks. Everybody. Have a good thank weekend. You. I have you Jerry too, from Long Island. Jerry, you on hey, the line? Hey, hi. Hi, how me? are you? Where on Long Island are you? Just curious. On the North North Shore. North Shore, yes. That's yep. where I'm from. Yeah. Love it. Uh-huh. Ah. Hey, it's a great show. I listen every Saturday religiously. Oh, thank you. Super. Uh, the information is priceless, uh, and it's interesting, and... Uh, so was the advice from Steve, I think, who said about making long-term plans based on kind of like, let's call them short-term uh, data or occurrences. I kind right. of agree. Um, I, I just wanted to say that um, the people I'm speaking with, 
the, at least the ones that, are, that were living in the city, and they're out here temporarily. The original reason for them moving, at least in this area, was to, oh, to give the virus a chance to run its course or be treated or, be, or distance themselves. But now the information and the, the conversations are the immediate thing on their mind is their physical safety. So, um, uh, so that hasn't been mentioned so far on your program, and it really is a strong component in people's motivation to move. Um, so if they perceive the situation, namely their physical safety, is in danger and would be for an extended period of time, maybe longer than the virus would be around, then that would change uh, the, their, their, their motivation or increase, enhance their motivation to get to move away from the city because that's what I'm seeing now. That's what I'm hearing now. It isn't so yeah, much no, the virus. I, I think that's really uh, a great point. And you know I try not to get political on this show because of but, everybody. But it isn't, you know, it isn't political. It's just but the fact I would that people say that are afraid. They're afraid for the, afraid, the virus. And I totally disagree yeah. with cutting the police force. I mean, I think maybe, you know, you can train people better, but I really, but that's something I overlook saying, and it, you bring up a very important point. If people strong, don't feel yeah. safe, virus or no virus, if we could have yeah. no virus, yeah. if people yeah. don't feel safe, they're not going to want to live. Yeah, that was my only point. So it wasn't to get political. Safety is probably number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so thank you for bringing that up, Steve. Any and Ace, any comments on that? Because you know that's something that I really haven't said, and that is so true. Uh, I yeah, I agree. I, I'm gonna make a com- I'm gonna make a comment on it. And again, uh, you know, we're not making a political comment whether one party or ideology or the other. But I think it's a fair point to criticize a policy. And I think the policies. I'm sorry, I didn't. I just made the observation of what people. Oh no, no. And and by the way, sir, this is purely because of our our focus as a show. We're just not not a political show. That's all. I never brought up politics. I just I just want to make sure that you realize that I just. No, no. We know you did. We were talking safety. That has nothing to do with politics. Safety. Safety. Yeah, but I I think there are some recent policies that have been put into effect. Um, I think there are some recent statements that have been said. Um, which uh, are, are, are flat out wrong, right? But safety and, is, the uh, moti- is my point, yeah. and that people are Absolutely. motivated by their Absolutely. by yeah. their physical safety and their, of the lack of, and that's what's driving some of this. And I just my point was not to yeah. get into the politics, believe me, was to say that it's a really strong motivator on, as another layer on top of the COVID situation exactly. that shouldn't be disregarded that's all it was i wasn't going to get into politics really no no you weren't and i and i don't think you meant that either uh, yes. I, I absolutely look the virus is about safety i mean people are afraid of catching it so you know initially with buildings and elevators but now you know with the violence that's going on in big cities and there's many a story like, what's the future of big cities? Because there's violence going on in many big cities, you know. And if people feel, continually feel unsafe, as I said, even if we were fortunate enough to eradicate this virus, that would, that would be a factor that would still make people move. Yeah, we all remember Times Square oh, in please. the 70s. We all remember what it was like. And hopefully the... You know, things will change, and people won't be so quite afraid. Well, you know what? I, I hope shows. you're right, because I do remember that. 
And if you go back to before the virus, so let's go back before we even had this virus or we didn't even know that we it was around, people were starting, the not so much the millennials, well, but people, millennials move sometimes for more space. But and, and 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 some of the baby boomers were moving because of the taxes, okay, mm. the, the the tremendous taxes. Now, if you put people who don't feel safe, okay, whether it's a virus or just because of their physical uh, safety, safety yeah, sure. they're going to move, okay. And that's a very good point. And I don't think anybody really talks about that. I haven't heard that actually, uh, Jerry. I haven't heard one station even mention that. I've read a few articles on the future of big cities, but they were more really generally about the virus. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I couldn't agree with you more. People need to feel safe, and if they don't feel safe, it doesn't matter about the virus. They're going to move to where if you have the, where if you have the money, safe. what do you spend it on? You spend it on your safety. That's the first thing, yeah. your health and your safety. So it's a and, you know, you're on the North Shore, so I, I believe that the North Shore will get a big bang from what's going on because you're relatively close to the city, but yet you feel like you're in a different world. Yeah, yeah. Can I also, so, I'd like to also add a couple of things. I, mean, I, do, I do think part of it is policy. I mean, as administrations change, you see differences on how they interact with the police and how police is deployed, and I think this is a big, it's a big concern on some policy changes that are there. Uh, that are going on right now. But I also want to, again, it's sort of the point I was making earlier about COVID. Yes, there, there's no question. I mean, the numbers don't lie. There has been an increase in certain crimes in the city, absolutely. But the violent crime that you see, I will say, tends to be in the areas of people who can't afford to move. So, I mean, our office is in Midtown Manhattan. We traverse a lot of the city. Um, you know, you know, with being a real estate attorney, going around, you're in different offices in different locations. We're in all five boroughs um, where we have matters. And from what I am seeing, the the the, the sad, the, the, I think the, the the ironic and saddest part and comment I can make on it is the purported statement that we need to change police policy because of incidents that are happening are having in my opinion, the exact opposite effect. The people who most need the support of the police are now getting it less. Mm -hmm. um, and so the folks, I, you know, who, uh, look, again, same thing. The people who can afford to decide between a high-end property in the city versus a high-end property in the suburbs, there's not going to be a major difference. I don't it's know if people... I agree with that, Steve. I, I mean, look, okay. I live in the city, but I'm from Long Island, and truthfully... If you if, you know I you know I don't if if you if you're and again I don't really want to get into politics but I will say this if you don't have if you don't feel protected and you don't feel um, that it's safe you're going to move now I would agree with you that if you are in a financial situation where you can't move then you're going to be stuck. But I, but I think that, that Jerry's point is so on the money because I was talking to, I was at something that Geraldo Rivera was uh, speaking at, and I, I spent a little time after his speech or whatever he was talking about. I don't remember. And this is before the virus. And he was telling me that 
when he got out of college and he lived in New York City, he was telling me that I w- he was afraid to walk across the street and he wouldn't walk into Central Park. Now, I was younger than him, so I don't remember the city that way. But he said it was so bad, Dottie, that you would be afraid to walk across the street. And then I'm very involved with Central Park, and I, I saw pictures of what it used to look like. And so I think that we've done, they've done so much that New York was considered one of the safest, if not the safest city in, New, in, in the country. And so mm-hmm. that can't change uh, because if it, if it doesn't feel safe to people, you'll have less tourists come. Mm-hmm. You'll have less people want to live there, and that's whether it's New York or any other city. So I and I think that's a point that I you know really Jerry, uh, I, I think that you bring up something that's not talked about enough. I haven't mm-hmm. heard anyone really discuss it, but I absolutely couldn't agree with you more. Uh, people will leave now if you can't leave. I mean, then that's that's a different story if you're financially yeah, it's tragic it's tragic for those people yeah no question right. like steve said they need it the most they need the policing the most but i wasn't going and down I that also road want to but say, while you're on that look there's bad teachers there's bad doctors there's bad cops there's every profession has some bad in them i mean there's always this so so i i you know while i think that you should kind of look at things and always be changing and looking how things can be better how you can do things better um I just wouldn't want to classify any com- industry in its entirety as mm-hmm. bad. Yeah, well, I have another uh, a dog in the fight, or whatever you want to call the uh, analogy metaphor, is my daughter wants to move into the city now. So <laughs> so, uh, so uh, maybe I'll have to talk to Steve on the side where the safest places are to tell her to go look for an, uh, an apartment. Now, that's the other well, the city, aspect. you know, it really is, you know, it's yeah, can and I add one thing like on this? city this, for children, kids, and you know, when you're young and you're you're young, you really don't think of those kind of things. You think nothing right. is going to hurt you. And oh, she's, look, you know, they're all connected. I was back. I didn't now. feel unsafe in the city. I mean, it was mm-hmm. quiet. Yeah. Uh, I didn't feel unsafe necessarily. It was just quiet. But what they portray, and again, you know, a lot of it is kind of what they portray on television. Uh, I remember with 9-11, you know, there was a big company. I was with, uh, uh, I had a, bit, a friend that had like 120-something offices in California. So after 9-11, he wanted to do, you know, his part to kind of do something for New York City. And so he had he arranged a trip from all the brokers that he, you know, paid for ones that were top producers, but he allowed anybody to come. And we all met. And what he told me that when he when they viewed nine eleven and they you know viewed it from California, it looked like the whole city was blown up when it was really just a portion of it. So a lot of what you're seeing are like segments that make you think the whole city's like that. But the point that you're making it's perception. If you if you perceive danger, then you'll react to it, whether it's exactly. there or to the, whatever degree it is or it isn't. If you perceive it to be a threat to you, then you're going to take some kind of action. And if it's buying something permanently, that's that was my point. So who knows? I, 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 and that was it's in, that's exactly the point I wanted to make because what happened is look, you are seeing a reduction of foot traffic. So when you kind of put it all together, you're you, get, you get that feeling. 
Steven, it's a break. Finish that after the break. We'll be right back. It's interesting stuff that we're talking about. And thank you for that, uh, Jerry. Not talked about enough. We'll be right back. We're going to continue talking about safety. Have you ever wanted to learn a new language like French, Spanish, or Russian, but thought it would be too difficult and time-consuming? Then go to Babbel.com and try it for free. Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you will actually use. In 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel uses a modern conversation-based technique that makes language engaging, fun, and memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then, sentences gradually get more complex. Soon, you're practicing short conversations about real-life topics. Babbel is created by language experts who use the space repetition method to help you learn quickly and remember what you learned. With Babbel, you can speak a new language. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. Oh, I have lots of energy, a lot more energy. I've actually reached the point where it was very difficult for me to get up and go to work. I'm, I'm 76, still working. And once I started taking balance of nature, after a short time, it just dawned on me one morning, I'm not tired like I normally am getting up and going to work. And I have a lot more energy at work. And I'm not tired until it's time to go to bed. And plus, I don't get any cold either. And I just feel healthier. I always considered myself a healthy person. But at 63, I started running out of energy and contributed that to just getting older. As time went by, I got to where I was taking a nap, sometimes two and three times a day. But I still kept thinking that had to do with my age. But after I got on the balance of nature, I no longer take naps. <laughs> And I realized you don't have to take naps at 63. I feel a lot better and have a lot more endurance. I never realized how much endurance I had lost until I got it back. And so I handle stress better. And I just about eliminated my aches and pains. So I love it. I am very pleased with your product. I haven't been sick since I've been taking this. Before I started taking this, I'd get sore throat sniffles and I really contributed my energy and my health to your product and I just want to keep taking it so you guys just keep making it okay and just thank God for your company experience the balance of nature difference for yourself right now balance of nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order call 800-246-8751 that's 800-246-8751 or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code the answer It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO Dottie Herman. We're back and we were uh, in the middle of talking with uh, Jerry, and he raised a very good point, and uh, he basically said that people need to feel safe, and if they don't feel safe, regardless of whether the virus is there, 
or it's eradicated, um, people's physical safety, if they don't feel safe, they're going to move. And that's true. And I do have to say, and I'm curious to see what you think, Ace and, and Steve, I do have to say a lot of it is the dramatization of the media Okay, now all this stuff is going on, and I, I myself have felt very sad because I think I've said on the show many a day that I lived through 9-11, as most of us did, but I was in New York City, and um, it was a very different feeling. You didn't feel at all unsafe. You, everyone was united. Everyone was one. Everyone felt we're American, and whether you lived in California, Ohio, New York, people just just embraced each other. And I hopefully um, I will try to do my part to, to, to try to bring that feeling back. We can all do it in our little ways. I know sometimes you can't change the world, but we can all do a little part to uh, make people feel one. And people shouldn't be afraid to have their viewpoint. You know, that's another thing. You know, anytime I go out or I'm with friends, Nobody wants to talk politics anymore. Nobody wants to talk about controversial issues. And I say to them, you know, we are so lucky to be in a country where we were allowed to have opinions. We're allowed to disagree with each other. We're allowed to have a different voice. Um, You don't have to agree with somebody, but um, that's what makes America America. I mean, if you, the United States, if you go to some countries and you disagree with the government, they will kill you. So... We should be grateful for that, and we should embrace it, and we shouldn't be living with fear of that. Um, and Steve, you were Stephen, you were in the middle of talking about something when we had the break, but you know, you're in the city, you've lived in Long Island, you've lived in Westchester, and do you think a lot of it is like the media too, fueling it? I, I think I it's mean, a little bit of everything. I think we had, uh, you know, we had a long period of time where we had mayors who knew how to manage the police and the police interact well with the city. Um, We've had policy changes that have really created more politicalization rather than just professional just doing the job and and how policing is done. Um, And that's created both some issues, and then also you tie that in, um, and, and I do agree with you also, and then the media has taken that, and also with everything going on, overly dramatized too. It's a little bit of both. There has been a change, and it's been also amplified in the media more than it has been. And, and I do think we've got to be very, very careful, um, also geographically. There, there is, what, from what I'm seeing, is your traditional areas where you have business, where you have people, where you have restaurants and bars and activity, um, that, that hasn't changed a lot. Where where you had, you know, certain neighborhoods that are more susceptible, where maybe there is a reduction in police presence, that's where you've seen a little bit of an uptick. And so to Jerry's point, for his friends... Well, it's bigger than a little. I mean, because I look yeah. at the numbers. There, well, it's, it's been a big up. I mean, it's bigger than I'd like it to be. Um, I, 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 but I do think also people have been pent up. You know, they've been... They've been in their homes for long. I, I think that, you know, the stimulus, I think they're going to pass but, the second stimulus package. But I, but I want to address the point of also a lot of times when we look at crime, and this, and this is very important, is it random crime or is it crime where maybe organizations or gangs know one another? And, and I do want to split the two because that makes a big difference. 
the 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 concern thing that Kerry had, and rightfully so, is almost the randomness of crime. Um, and, and is it safe for for signing? And you just want to split apart the two, right? When 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 you know, and and that and that's a very important and very important thing to put out there. And again, I don't want, and, I, and I'm in agreement with you. There, I do see some difference. I do see right if if you don't have people taking the subways in the same volume, that's going to change the feel of it. If you have stores or closed temporarily, that's going to change the feel of it. Right. One of the things that we did, you know, as a city, both we talked about zoning earlier and development, is trying to create more interaction, more warmth in the city, you know, less shadowy, long block streets. When you renovate certain buildings, you have a lot more glass, so people in and out of side of the building interact with one another, like the beautiful renovation by Lincoln Center and Juilliard, where it took a large building and created warmth in the street and people walking by and interacting more. Um, you know, there's something to the psychology uh, of that, of just feeling in a vibrant area, and that's important. Regardless, people want to feel safe, and and um, if they don't, that would be an influence of them moving. So I think that Ace, I haven't heard from you. What's your you're out and about in the city all the time? Yeah, Dottie. So you know, that, that, you know, I was listening to everyone uh, talk about their viewpoints of the city, and you know, my my viewpoint being someone that lives in the city, and I've never moved out since COVID or even um, you know pre-COVID, after COVID, I've been here downtown uh, the whole time, and you know, I think the media depicts a certain sort of picture. And right. when I was here, and a lot of people knew that I was still living here, everybody was messaging me, right, Stephen and Dottie? Ace, are you okay? Hope you're safe. And in my mind, I'm here. I live here. Everything is fine. So I think um, I think there's a certain perception that it's unsafe. But I think, look, if you're out past 10 o'clock, 11 p.m., yes, you know, you may put yourself in uncompromising position. But I think – all in all, my experience, and this is just my, my experience here, um, I, I feel really safe in the city still. I, I don't really see too much crime during the day. There's still people out and about. So for me, you know, I'm constantly going to Midtown, downtown. That's where my office is now. And I, I don't really see too much. Um, and, I, and I have restaurants all over Manhattan, right? So I think during the riots, maybe the first week, um, it was definitely a lot, a lot of unrest. But I think after that, there's been peaceful protesting. And now there's really no real violence going on in the city. You know, it's, it's more just to, to what you to your point, Dottie, people coming together, really supporting the local restaurants, communities. And, you know, I think people are just tired and they just want to come out and, and really enjoy the nice weather during I, the summertime. And I think so. that the media has an obligation because, as yeah. Gary said, perception becomes reality. So even if something's right. not true... If people perceive that as true, um, then that's really what matters. So, um, you know, I think we're all trying to do our part to support um, our city. And obviously there needs to be some changes, uh, but, I, but I'm not sure that I think it's uh, to get rid of the police force. Okay, <laughs> I really... Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And look, you're right on the news. Like, you're never going to see the cover of the newspaper saying, look, there, there's a group of friends having dinner together at a restaurant. That's not right. going to be the cover exactly. story on the news. <laughs> exactly. Right. Even, you know, so that's why. But. They're not going to have that, like, 
little, like, you know, friends having a good time, enjoying the city on a nice night. Okay, they're just not doing that. So, uh, and I do think that, you know, the media really could play, you know, a big part in, you know, and I think they should kind of cover both. But in any event, talking about that, so what I try to do, and again, there's a lot of variables, um, but I try to look at economists and, and, and like Fannie Mae and, and what they forecast going forward for the rest of this year in real estate and for 21. And Fannie Mae um, forecasts that home sales will, won't re- really rebound until 2021. Um, I kind of agree with that. They say that there will be a slow recovery, but they don't think till like the third quarter of 2021 uh, or the end. And obviously their big question mark, at least Fannie Mae's, is the recovery is based on the virus. So basically they're saying if based on this virus will be how quickly we recover or not. That was uh, their, their thoughts on it. And the experts at Capital Economics, they predict um, that costs that we are paying will go way down, that, 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 that the numbers will be down, that the housing will go down next year. Not that you'll steal it, but it'll be cheaper. But remember, there's a low supply because a lot of people took their homes off the market because they were afraid of the virus and they didn't want people in their houses. So everything is about supply and demand. So when there's a lot of supply and there's no demand, then you have a buyer's market. Um, I kind of think that the supply is going to increase because people will feel more comfortable putting their homes on the market. And as long as there's demand, and I think people will be moving, and I think as many people move out, because don't forget, before the pandemic, older city people were kind of moving to Florida. <laughs> or someplace like that. But young people are moving in. So, I, you know, I, I think, you know, I think a lot depends on the virus. Then another part of it is affordability. Okay, remember, why did people move outside? Well, how did Brooklyn get started? Brooklyn got started because New York City was unaffordable. And people said, okay, we can't live in the city, but we want to be close. So they moved to Brooklyn, and eventually they made Brooklyn as high as New York City. So affordability is an issue, and that's also going to depend on unemployment and how we do with jobs. Um, and then when they're asked the question, and they asked, and I, I did so much research last night, they asked everyone this question, will it be, will 2021 be a buyer's market? And you know what their answer was? Too early to call. Too soon to know. Um, so we're just going to have to play by year, but as far as I think, Steve, you said it. I don't think it should change the decision on whether you're going to buy or sell. I think that you should live today and do whatever and live in a place or where you think you're most comfortable in and the lifestyle that you want. Relief factor. Effective pain relief that really, really works. How do I know that I don't have a script? I don't have talking points. I live it. I've been taking it for a year and a half. I had a lower back pain issue that had been plaguing me for nine years, almost a decade. I took Relief Factor for two weeks. Yes, two weeks, and my pain was gone, and it's still gone. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. Don't take my word for it. See their incredible video testimonials at relieffactor.com. 
and then find out for yourself if this incredible drug-free product could work for you as well as it does for me and tens of thousands of Americans. It's so very, very simple. Go to ReFactor.com, order the three-week quick starter pack. It'll be at your door in three days or less. And I guarantee it, Dr. G's guarantee, if you take it morning and evening, as do I, for three weeks, by the end of that time, you will know if it works for you like it works for me. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal, and families are getting out to shops, stores, and restaurants. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Business recovery plans should be ready to go right now. The marketing team at Salem Surround is ready to help, so you don't waste a minute or a dollar recapturing market share. We'll help design your recovery plan targeting potential customers with proven marketing strategies. With everything in our toolkit working for you digital audio mobile even audience engaging contests and promotions contact salem surround for a free evaluation of your digital marketing plan learn more by logging on to surroundnewyork.com connecting you with new customers hey susan how's your daughter must be so tough planning a wedding during this time it's been a challenge feeling so cooped up and fear people won't want to be at a tight wedding reception. Have you thought about a private yacht? That would be beautiful and impressive, plus plenty of fresh air. Good idea. I'm ready to get something on the calendar to look forward to. Call Francesca at Fran's Touch of Class. She'll fill you in on the yachts and describe the delicious cuisine and all the services provided. She'll make every detail perfect. If you're planning a wedding or engagement party, a corporate event, birthday or anniversary party, bar or bat mitzvah, why not consider having it on a luxury private yacht? Let Francesca find you the yacht that's best for your event. Fully insured, Coast Guard certified and compliant with all COVID-19 protocols, she has beautiful vessels in her fleet that can accommodate from two to over a thousand, and guests can board at convenient locations throughout the metropolitan area. Call 212-385-9400, 212-385-9400, or visit franstouchofclass.com. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and I think we've gotten a very interesting call, uh, show today. I think I have uh, Pauline on the line. Pauline? Hi, Dottie. I don't Hi, know Pauline. Steve. He's new to me. And Ace, I remember. <laughs> well, Steve so. is, and he's a great addition to our show. Ace is, God, yeah. Ace is like 10 years. Ace has been there with you for, since I listened, and, and I kept, like, I go on and out, in and out. So now I'm back, and I wish I sold. Because now I have a funny feeling. I'm in Flushing, right? And the co-ops, and there's a lot of condos going up, but they're very expensive. Does that make it harder for me to sell my, my co-op? Like, would bring down values? Well, if, you're, many- well if, you're, if, you're, if you're trying to compete, in other words, it would make it harder for you to sell your co-op if you're priced at the same price that new construction is. Like if there's a brand new co-op. Oh, of course I would. No, no, I have to like make it comparable to my apartment. In other words, right. other apartments. Like you just have to find. You know, you. What I would do is I'd have a real estate a realtor come and we can do it for you and just give you like some of the prices that of things that are selling 
in you know that are similar to yours. I got, I got a real estate real estate person that lives in my building who okay. actually covers a lot of the people, so she knows how what the and market what you is. Say. If you're in a different price category. But I didn't ask her lately because of what's been going on with COVID. And now we can't even do any renovations. We can't, you know, they've locked us down. I can't even throw out stuff. I have so much clutter. I can't, you know, get rid of stuff. I can't do any renovations. Um, You're not allowed to throw out. I mean, you could. I I don't know your. your, Everything else they might not accept. Go out yet, but maybe now they will because things have I changed. Think, I mean, look, as long as we don't have another big outbreak of it, um, right. I think you'll be eventually able to, like, you know, just at least take the stuff. You start taking and throwing stuff out. That's what I'd be doing now. Today. Right. Go through things. Meanwhile, accumulate. the co-op, um, I never got, because when my husband passed, I cannot find the certificate. I guess that could be taken care of. That's not hard. Just go to the. I guess the, well, the I, uh, I lawyer. Didn't, I didn't. I didn't hear what you said. What did? What do you? I, I, my husband supposedly. We. I never found the certificate, the stock certificate for the co-op. I know he bought it. Oh, so put Steve, it in my what name did she finally. do? She. She hasn't well, found he, the certificate. He had me as occupancy in the occupancy agreement, but there's no. There's nothing else out there. So right now it's still in his name and my name, and I lost the chance of taking the, the two of our um, deduction for the capital gain. But I can sell once I sell it, right? If I um, buy something higher than what I, is an investment, what's that called again? A ten, um, a lifetime exchange. But this is your principal yeah. residence, right? I mean, do you yes, live in yes. this? Yes, I live oh. in this. Well, then you don't really, Stephen. I mean, maybe that's confusing, but sure. she doesn't need to do a lifetime exchange, does she? Yes. Yeah, so, so a, yeah, what you're talking about is a 1031 like kind of exchange is only if it's an investment property. It doesn't apply to your primary residence, but um, the tax code changed in 1986, and what that means is if you sell a property that's been your primary residence for two out of the last five years, and is that a fair statement? Yeah. It's been your primary residence? Uh-huh. Then, then, and then since you're married, um, you, the first half a million dollars of profit would be tax-free, whether you buy a new property or you move into a rental. So you'll be covered that uh-huh. way under a different section of the tax code. So well, that's what I thought. Somebody told me about that just now, and I didn't believe her. I, I thought I had to be a 1031, so I, that's what I thought. Okay, great. So I don't so have to over there. Now, on, on the lost stock and lease, do you have a mortgage on the property currently or no? No, we bought it. We bought it. We bought it cash. It was so cheap when I bought it um, in 1981, and we, we had it. We had the cash. It was only thirty twenty nine thousand dollars at the time. Now it's worth four hundred thousand. Great, great. Well, look, it shows the power of real estate, right? What a great investment. Imagine if you rented instead. I know. I'm glad you're back listening to us. Great. All right. Can I ask you for next time, can you have something about tiny homes? Can you do a show about tiny homes? Tiny homes? I'll be glad to do it. I'll do do one. Okay. Um, I think I have Meyer on the line. Meyer? Um, hi, yes. Um, I actually have a similar question to the caller you just had on. Um, my parents have a co-op on the Lower East Side, and we want to sell it, um, but we feel like right now is kind of like bad t- bad timing. So um, we do have a, a buyer, a, a neighbor who's interested. Um, but I looked at the I looked at the local uh, real estate agencies, and I saw the comps. And right. the prices, you know, have gone down a bit. 
Um, so I guess what we're thinking is, do we sell it now, maybe taking a little bit of a loss um, versus waiting and maybe it's going to go down even more? Because it's not like a thing where, oh, just wait five, ten years. Like, we really don't want to wait that long. So, In other words, they want to you know, move in the next couple of years. So it's a matter of whether you sell it now or like a year from now. Is that what you're basically at? Yeah. Yeah, whether we sell it now, even though it's like it's less than it was, you know, maybe even six months ago and, and maybe even have to sell it a little lower than what we would want or versus waiting another year or two where it might be even lower, um, not just like as you were discussing earlier, not just because of the COVID, but also because of the crime issue. Yeah, well, you know, that's too hard to call, but I would say this to you. Um, if it, it, this, Do your parents know where they want to go? Do they have a place or they know where they want to leave to? They have that yeah. already? Yeah, yeah, but they kind of need, um, I mean, it would be better to have that money to be able to use it, you know, also they're elderly, so, you know. I don't think, I mean, this is my opinion. I don't think anyone knows. Again, you know, it really depends on this virus and how it escalates or it doesn't escalate. But, you know, so far New York has done, I mean, I think we're pretty much like like the third in the country as far as cases go that we don't have, you know, we're pretty good. I don't think a year is going to make a big difference. I mean, and that's just my opinion. But I don't think anything dramatic is going to happen in a year. Now, if we have a vaccine and that comes out, let's just say, in six months, will that make everyone feel better and safer in certain ways? Yes. But I don't know that prices will skyrocket. I think that, you know, they're going to kind of be flat because you've got a lot of other issues with unemployment and you've got issues where people who couldn't hold on because of the shutdown, you know, tried to come back and maybe they won't. So I, I don't, I think if you're going to sell it, I would, you know, I would put it on like after, I wouldn't, I would probably wait till after the summer. I would put it on like right after, you know, Labor Day. That's just my opinion. I don't think a year is going to make a big difference. I don't know what Ace or Steve thinks. Do you have opinions? Because no one knows exactly. A quick question. So a neighbor wants to buy it. Is it somebody who wants to combine it with their apartment? Um, No, they don't want to combine it, but they they have other apartments, so they kind of, they want to move in family, like, and have them close by. Okay. It's, um, not, it's not a breakthrough. Gotcha. Okay, because that's a factor to consider. So they, they have a particular, it has a particular value to, to them, so that's a good consideration. I think the other question you got to ask yourselves is really what your next best alternative is. Like, you know, what dollar amounts are we talking about? And, and you don't have to mention the show, but for you to think about is what's the dollar amount difference in your mind and what they're offering? And and also, you may want to ask yourself the following question. Sometimes we, we don't want to confuse value and price. For example, you mentioned that your parents would want to use the funds from a sale for maybe their next step. You know, maybe what you can do is also trade flexibility on the price, right? Maybe, for example, by accepting the slightly lower price, and I don't know how much we're talking about, but maybe, for example, they can have some time after the closing and then, let's say, a delayed move-out of a couple of months. And that might give them the flexibility to get everything in order, but also have the money from the sale to complete their move in an easier way. So that's another question you should throw out there, where you might have more flexibility in terms that are not – it's not just about the money. It's about how do you transition 
your parents to the next step in the most fluid, seamless way, and, and that should be a factor to consider, too. Yeah, and just to answer okay. your question, you know, I told you right before, like I was talking about that I was doing all this homework, and these are kind of a consensus of what people think, you know, economists and things like that, uh, that, that will be for 2021. And, you know, they're, they're, um, e- there's be, be even talk about recessions, okay? Now, 50% think they will see one. 50% of the people say they that will happen next year. Uh, uh, Bloomberg puts a 29% sh- uh, shot of that happening. So I don't think anyone really knows. I think right now... Um, and I, I don't know what price range you're in, but what's moving in the market is kind of like the lower price range, and there's nothing cheap in Manhattan. So, um, I, you know, and there's kids that have to go back to school, you know, colleges and stuff like that. So I don't, I, I don't really see anything that's going to boost prices way up in New York City in the next year. Now, could something happen that I don't know? Yeah, but I, I just don't see that. I don't know about you, Ace. What do you say? What do you see? I mean, I don't. I think it's going to be kind of yeah, the same. Yeah, I agree with you, Dottie. I don't think we're going to see an increase in price, um, although we do still have somewhat of an inventory issue. So I think prices will, will if, if anything, next year, we may see a price reduction, maybe about 10%. Yeah. At least that's what the economists are saying, Dottie. That's what they're but, saying. Look, but but they're also, they're also saying that first quarter of next year, we may see even lower rates um, than what we're seeing today. Again, that's economists predicting what they're going to see with race and things of that nature. So we'll see. It's going to be interesting, you know, what happens next year. But but I think to have use of the cash, and it might take a little longer to sell now, I would I would go to, I would put it out on in September. That would be my Definitely. best Definitely. guess. Listen, this was a great show. Everyone stay safe. Um, we've got a lot of great topics for you next week. We're going to talk about jumbo mortgages, and we're going to talk about how you can rent and buy and the different ways you can do it. Developers are doing it, but so can you. Um, got many interesting things. Remember, wear a mask and stay safe. And the weather's going to be great, so have a great weekend. We'll be back next week. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.